Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. After a brief message from our sponsor, you'll hear from Mark Tholey, Julie Henline, and Cindy Coleman from Gensler. The three colleagues discuss talent retention and employee experience. They also explore how your workplace measures up. Hi, at 360 Real Time, we're pleased to support this edition of What's Next. 360 Real Time is a Steelcase podcast exploring the future of work and what we're learning about the places people work, learn, and heal. Listen to leaders, innovators, and risk takers like Simon Sinek, Adam Grant, and Beth Comstock at steelcase.com slash podcasts, or find 360 Real Time wherever you listen. My name is Mark Tholey. I'm a global real estate industry leader in the consulting and real estate services practice area with Gensler, and I'll be your moderator for today's session. Today, we're going to talk about some big ideas. We're going to talk about how we assess the performance of your workplace and ultimately how that can really inform uh, talent attraction and retention. So we'll talk about utilization and activity data. We'll talk about assessing employee perception of space understanding workplace analytics, what you can learn from a workplace assessment, and then how to get started in all of those things. So some of you um, probably know Gensler, the largest architecture and design firm in the world. We were established in 1965 and have 48 offices across the globe. We're very proud of our LEED certified projects and we have over a thousand LEED certified projects that have been completed and uh, very excited about that for our sustainability initiatives. But we're more than a design firm. We are also um, a research and consulting firm. We do a lot of consulting and strategy work, and um, that plays into what we're gonna talk about today with our workplace survey. This research is made freely available to the market. We wanna elevate the discussion in the market as a whole, not just for our clients. So this research is available. I encourage you to go to gensler.com and, um, and find that link, the research and innovation link. Our longest standing survey is the workplace survey. And this really helps inform the direction and trends happening today in the workplace. We'll talk about that in our webinar today. Insights derived from this can provide direct benefits to your client projects. Again, my name is Mark Tholey. I'm a global uh, real estate industry leader in the consulting practice area. And joining me are Julie Henline and Cindy Coleman. Julie Henline is the Client Relationships Director and has a background in organizational development. She's passionate about the link between human behavior and the effectiveness of the organization. In her role as Client Relationships Director, Julie assists organizations envision a better future and facilitates the spectrum of Gensler services from analysis to design and ongoing real estate management. Cindy Coleman is part of Gensler's consulting, analytics, and brand design studio. She also serves as a regional leader for Gensler's consulting practice area. Cindy holds a faculty position in the Department of Architecture and Interior Architecture at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. In 2010, she was named a Design Future Council Senior Fellow. Cindy earned a BIA in Interior Architecture from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and a Master in Design Methods from IIT Institute of Design. All right, thanks, Mark. You know, when I was uh, preparing my thoughts on the topic for today, I was re- uh, reminded of when I started my career 20 years ago. 
the headlines at that time were very similar to the ones we see today because unemployment in 1999 was actually the lowest it had been in 30 years, meaning there were more jobs available than people to fill them. Uh, ironically, and, and I don't know if this decision was made out of naivete or uh, just uh, fearlessness of my youth, but my first job out of college was as a recruiter. And I can tell you from that experience working in human resources at that time, the pressure on us was very intense. Everyone was struggling to find bodies to fill their open positions. <clears throat> well, the jobless rate, as we know, at the end of last year, uh, 2018, actually dropped lower than it was in 1999. It's definitely a, a job candidate's market out there. And as such, I wanted to kick today off with a little exercise to get us all in the right frame of mind uh, and also into the, the job candidate's shoes. So let's just take a minute um, and imagine. Imagine for one reason or another, you are considering a change of jobs. You happen to check LinkedIn one day and see a well-crafted job posting come across your feed. HR has been successful in catching your attention. You, uh, your, your interest is piqued, so you check out the company website, uh, which, which piques your interest even more. And uh, you move on to their social media presence, which strikes a chord with your core values. Marketing has done their job. So you apply and you get an interview and you prepare as every uh, good candidate should, you, you prepare to make a good first impression. So when the day of your interview arrives and you uh, uh, arrive at the, the front door of, of the company uh, and you enter, what is it that you see? What is the first impression that the space makes? Does it reinforce what you read on the website and uh, is it a place that, you know, if you're going to be spending eight, nine hours a day here, is it somewhere where you want to spend your time? Only you can answer those questions. So filling empty positions is really only half the battle. We also need to put in an effort to keep the talent we already have. You know, there's a lot of reasons why employees uh, leave the organization. Uh, SHRM, or the Society for Human Resource Management, actually cites the top reasons that uh, people leave an organization all uh, have to do with not having their personal needs met. And when employee leaves, leave, it's, it's very expensive. Uh, when you consider the direct cost, such as uh, recruiting and onboarding and training, along with indirect costs, such as the loss of institutional knowledge, cultural impact, and uh, loss of customer relationships, especially for the top performers in your organization, it can cost you up to two times that employee's annual salary. So these are these are significant numbers. So let's let's think about that for a minute. Uh, think about what industry you're in, and what think about the average salary in your company. Uh, the actual average salary for a professional in the U.S. is sixty-four thousand dollars and the national average turnover rate is 13%. So let's assume you employ 1,000 people. That's a loss of 130 people in a given year. So just based on those averages, you're looking at approximately uh, $16.7 million in costs related to employee turnover. Those are, those are very significant numbers. In addition to dealing with this and, and this talent war that we've been talking about, we're also living in an age of experience. As a culture, we have expectations for the places we spend our time. We prefer uh, to be in places that are authentic, 
convenient, healthy, that offer us a variety and choice. Uh, Mark mentioned the workplace survey in the beginning of our time together, and one of the findings from our last report was that organizations that are delivering on employee experience, such as putting an emphasis on collaboration, innovation, and culture, uh, tend to have, on average, four times higher profits and two times higher revenues than organizations who are not uh, doing such activities. And it's recognized by executives that employee experience is important, but only 22% actually felt that they were uh, really delivering on a differentiated employee experience. So this is all uh, leading us to the fact that the workplace today is much more than just a physical container to house your employees. We continue to see a huge demand for amenitizations, and many of our clients are actively going through projects right now to enhance their workplace as an investment in their people and uh, to attract and retain that talent. As we've outlined, losing employees is expensive, and since real estate costs will never be zero, the delta between modestly increased real estate spending could potentially be made up by a reduction in employee turnover. How do you deliver a workplace experience that can be a real catalyst in attracting and retaining talent? You know, what, how, how do you know what your employees need and if you're delivering on it? And what data do you need to make that case for change? Next, I'm gonna hand it over to Cindy, who's going to dive into the tools we use here at Gensler to measure workplace performance and to deliver solutions that are tailored and unique to each organization. Great. Cindy? Thank, thanks so much, Julie. Um, <clears throat> hi, everybody. Um, so because your physical space is a uh, re recruiting and retaining tool, um, at Gensler, we think it's important to be really well informed about how you get more from this important asset. So now we want to talk about how we use data as a means to both get smart about both your real estate, but also your, your people. So um, our research looks to accomplish three goals. Um, through the qualitative um, lens, we look at um, the performance of your people. Um, what are their work processes, their team structures, and business objectives? Through the quantitative research, we're looking more at the performance of your real estate. And that's your utilization, your efficiency measures, and really what might be long-term real estate objectives. And then lastly is experiential. And through this lens, we're looking at your culture, the types of work experiences that you want to um, you know, um, have your employees realize, and what are some new behaviors you may want um, the work environment to support, and also what are the overall long-term organizational behaviors, or I'm sorry, objectives too. You know, what this uh, suggests for us is that we, um, we build this into all of our upfront um, processes, what some organizations call the programming phase. And what, for us, it's a little bit of a lean process and that we look to get smart about the entire organization before we even think about putting pen to paper. However, the tools we most frequently use are uh, the WPI and the Observe tool. And, what, and we'll be sharing uh, more information about that today. So the WPI is the Workplace Performance Index Survey. 
and the observe um, tool. So both tools are proprietary tools that do very different things. The WPI is an employee-based survey that measures the effectiveness of the work environment, and it asks the employees to rank the criticality of the experience at work to their job performance and their job satisfaction. The observe tool is a little different in that it measures the utilization of the real estate. So one's looking at people and the other's looking at real estate. <clears throat> we upload a client's floor plans into an iPad and that allows us to quantify the utilization of the space over a period of time. And we usually do it, um, it might be a week, two weeks, or you know, if it's an um, in-depth study, it might even go <clears throat> longer than that. Um, so what happens here is that surveyors walk through designated routes um, within an organization's footprint, and they do it each hour of the workday. And while they're doing this, they're identifying whether the space is in um, use, if it looks like it's temporarily in use, and if it is in use, what activities are taking place during that use period. Um, the WPI typically runs for a week or two, and while it's different from the engagement, a typical engagement survey that um, you know many employees um, supply, some of our clients repeat this survey every year or alternate years to see how the workplace effect effectiveness evolves over time. Um, and so the, each survey, one of the key things that you get out of this survey is that um, we get a benchmarks. Um, score across the client's industry, or, or we can actually look outside the industry to top performing companies. And we've started to codify the work processes um, into four critical modes. So we look at it from the point of view of focus mode, kind of our productive uh, capital, collaboration mode, our um, knowledge networks, uh, learning and socializing. So we thought that uh, what we would do next is to uh, talk about how to correlate data and what advantages that provides um, to us. We'll, we'll share a couple of uh, case studies here. For this uh, technology company, um, giving up the tall cube was really a, a, a hardship for their, their employees. Their concern was since um, the company, according to the WPI, had a true bias towards the focus uh, work mode, they, there was a perception that it could only take place at their desk. And so by correlating the WPI data, uh, which was you know, the perception of where they needed to do their work with the observed study, we were actually um, able to prove out to them that they're actually doing focus work in a lot of different locations. Just, you know, in their mind, it, it seemed like it's something you have to do at your desk, but in reality, it was happening in cafes, it was happening in um, stand-up tables, it was happening in meeting rooms. And so we were able to uh, adjust the space in terms of where focus uh, could fall in order to help them see that this was um, a more universal experience and not relegated to one location. For this academic institution, it was a similar story, but um, the client was interesting in um, um, measuring their employees' readiness for an unassigned desky model, uh, meaning that they would share their desks. 
uh, here the employees self-reported in the survey um, that they actually are at their desk um, and in the office 65% of time in um, 65% of the time. But according to the observed study, they were only in the office 30% of the time, which is really much more aligned with um, industry standards. So by being able to share this, um, they were able to make some adjustments to how they allocated space, uh, giving people um, a, a fixed desk for those who actually whose work required um, them being present and at a desk and understanding which ones could be more flexible and share share desks enabling them to share, um, save save efficiency in the real estate So we thought next, what might be helpful for you is to just to talk about how we um, execute a data-driven project. And from the client side, some thoughts on what makes the ideal team. So one of the things that we've come to realize when we look at uh, projects like this is that um, they're much more holistic. And it really doesn't matter what the size or complexity of the project is, all projects, um, really involve uh, the people and their work processes, the physical place, and they're all enabled by technology. The outer ring, the gray ring around this um, points to the culture and experience. And so the people, the processes, place, and technology are embedded and surrounded by um, the culture and experience, experiences, which are the new work behaviors, and how connected your employees are to the mission and purpose of the organization. We think that when we um, start to look at ways to work together so that, um, you know, corporate real estate and facilities often lead these projects and they're focused on the, the real estate and the, 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 physical, um, the physical environment, when we add human resources into it to think about how the physical space can um, support people and their, um, their work processes, as well as the culture, it starts to get a lot more interesting. And then when you add um, information technology, who's there to help um, you know, enable new work processes and also represent the investment the organization needs to make to support the new processes and also the um, sort of uptick we're seeing in asynchronous work, um, it starts to uh, make the system much more holistic um, and um, enabled. And then marketing and communication and brand are a key resource to the team in that it starts to um, communicate what's the case for change and helping change management um, start to take hold at the beginning of the process and not wait until you know, the process is over. And also making sure that the brand experience, um, the company's values are front and center in, in what the, um, the outcome of the design needs to represent. Great, thank you, Cindy, for that. Um, very detailed overview, it's excellent stuff. Um, the big underlying idea here is simply recognizing that while 
core functions uh, of the organization are different between human resources, corporate real estate and IT, there's a lot of overlapping opportunity for these teams to join forces for attracting and retaining talent. As Cindy mentioned, these days decisions are in the data. Uh, HR has their workforce analytics, corporate real estate has space usage insights and, and others. Um, and by considering these data sets together, you can get a much richer understanding of employee experience, needs, and perceptions. Uh, I, most organizations that I've seen, human resources and corporate real estate are all on the cost side of the balance sheet. And so this partnership can go a really long way in making a stronger business case for the overall impact to the bottom line, especially when you are comparing that to the time, energy, and money lost to attrition. You know, we here at Gensler feel very strongly that a great workplace comes from knowing a great deal about the people you're creating it for. Uh, so by fully considering the softer side of the workplace, the experience, the culture, in conjunction with the physical elements, it's possible that uh, even modest physical improvements could be more affordable uh, than your next replacement hire. So Mark, back to you. I think we are. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Cindy. That was a, a great discussion on how your workplace can measure up and uh, improving that experience on both retention and attracting new, new people to your organization. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.